0: I am unashamed. What about you? So we're working a little bit ahead. Uh, this episode is going to air January 2nd, I think. Is that right, Josh? Okay. And uh, but we're still a little bit before Christmas, so we're going to get a little bit of a time off, which is kind of because nice. we don't
1: want to be filming during the holidays.
0: Exactly, we'll everybody, everybody
1: takes some time off and they clear their head. Enjoy
0: our Christmas, so Happy New Year on the uh, episode. But we're still not quite there yet. If we make it, if we make it, that's right. So if the Lord comes back, this this is going to be really some episode for the for the ages.
1: We could watch it in
0: heaven. We could, but I. I think we'll be busy doing other things. Yeah, I think so, too. There's a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions from heaven. So we just had uh, the Jepico's in town, I saw. So we're going to do a – we're having a big um, birthday bash, which actually this is the second year in a row. I'd forgotten last year we actually filmed a little bit. Dad gave Mom, as far as I know, the first, like, big present you'd ever gotten. You You and Phyllis went and actually bought her. A something necklace, maybe a Florida Lee. Do you remember that? That was that was last year today. They actually filmed it. Yeah, we filmed it because it was such a happening. It was a first. You're probably good for ten years. (laughs) I mean, that (laughs) was
1: you waited fifty to purchase some jewelry. So I'm figuring
0: at this point, that may not be willing to put off. You know, decades. You might. I mean, wanna...
1: do you have a backup plan for this year? What are you going with this year, Phil?
0: No.
2: <laughs> that was her, her birthday today. Today the twenty first. It is. My woman yeah. is about seventy.
1: Uh-oh. She's about seventy four. <laughs> we need to nail. Say, he nailed it, he oh, nailed it. I was. I was fixed to say <laughs> we need to nail that down before the party. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and now he got it. Seventy four. So we're going to have a big uh, feed at our house tonight, which is, so this will, I guess this is the official kickoff to the Christmas week for the Robertsons, a lot yep. of, a lot of food. Always a big, big feed. Always a big feed. So last year we did it at the house and we and we did that, but I don't know how we'll top it. Jepico's back. Jep's moving back to uh, Louisiana, which we're excited about that, or is planning to this summer, which is kind of nice to be, have the, the uh, airing Texan back, back in the fold. Yeah. Which would be good. Yeah, you know, what was what was really
1: disturbing last night, I was playing cards and my wife sent me it said schedule colon. And every day from now all the way to almost New Year's Day. You're booked. It's incredible. <laughs> so I don't usually do the meme thing. Yeah. But I found I, this, like to do I found this kid. He looks about one years old. And it just says right below him, he's sitting on the couch. It says me. <laughs> and he just falls over <laughs> asleep on the couch. Nothing violent. He just hes literally was so sleepy he just fell over. And that was you. And so I sent that to her. And then she was she sent me like the most touching, like almost syrupy. You know, with with great blessings comes great responsibility. I'll be there by your side each step of the way. And like and she lots of out
2: what she mapped out for you to do.
1: Yeah, lots yeah.
2: lots of hearts. I don't and, operate and and like that. Kisses. <laughs> and, and, your mother would come to me and say, "Listen, I mean, it looks mm-hmm. like a lot of coming and going here." Well, I mean, it was you all know,
1: it's all good stuff. You, know, why don't I mean, you?
2: You know, you want to do like one of these. I was actually Good. thankful that
0: I know a schedule. You went like all 10 of them or whatever. Yeah, but you got, so you're probably, you're Before making a trek at some point. Up to,
1: well, they're coming here. Okay. The, the family. So, I mean, like, she's like, Friday night, you're cooking. No, our family. Saturday morning, you're cooking breakfast. Right. You know, that's Christmas Day, which. That's your traditional nine hunt day. You're, yeah. You're still doing Well, you know what? Last year, she said, knock yourself out, just be back. Oh, because it was 30. just y'all, yeah. So I was like. Okay. <laughs> so I mean that is one day that I will take off if if she likes I figure if I hunt fifty nine days and she never says a complaining word, I'll take one day and let's I'll cook
0: breakfast mm-hmm. and have Christmas together. I, I kinda enjoy it. So we do we do a um I don't know, I guess we've talked about it before in here, we do kind of a seafood cajun. Food Christmas because most people kind of do a rerun. We used to do a rerun of Thanksgiving with the turkey and the ham and all that. But you know, I kind of feel like we did that, so it's kind of nice. We fry shrimp and oh yeah, we well, gotta some, have
1: the Cajun some
2: Christmas. Fried we oysters on that early when we got
0: Stone said, you know, you
2: don't you don't start the podcast at eleven o'clock. It's ten twenty. Let's go get. That's it. Let's go fry some oysters right now. Didn't you say you had a bucket of oysters. I said yeah. He said let let's do it right now. By the time I got there, he had degrees. Degrees. Of you've peanuts. already, so you've eaten, already oysters? eaten oysters. The peanut, the, <laughs> the peanut all was on when I stepped inside. Then and I, and I got the oysters ready. Well, I appreciate you know. the
1: heads up. On yeah, that.
2: I was, what was. I missed that. Oysters memo.
1: for breakfast.
2: Martinez and Stone. Yeah, Cy si was there. side dragging up in the rear. You know, he heard about them oysters. He said, "Hmm." <laughs> so did he eat any? Y'all did they eat any? I was wondering if so they, did. they ate. They, they didn't eat, but a
0: gallon. But I mean, <laughs> you know, what I mean, a whole, a whole, I say a the whole, thing. the whole, the whole carton. And then I then, had some raw ones last night. I bought some and got some boiled shrimp, and man, they were good. I mean, this time, you know, this is prime I've been time for them raw. From. We've had them a couple of days. I've been eating them raw, just just right out
2: of, the, you know. The, canal little sauce yeah yeah but so we i hadn't but they needed to be fried so i mean a yeah. quick right. Cook. So right right right
1: i went with yeah. the fried oyster today that's well the last podcast i said that side one of the reflection reflections was you know about me being a grandpa and i hadn't had an argument with si he went right to the line this morning it was like he somebody whispered in his ear that i was bragging your years, the more they mount he'll he'll you'll see more of that well, he went right to the line because it, you know, he said, I, you boys, you putting these decoys over in front of y'all. So, and I said, What's your point? <laughs> and what was his line? He said, You've got the decoy, it almost rhymed. You've employed the decoys to benefit you. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant. I said, well, What what?
2: I didn't even notice that about the decoy spread. It just like well, of uh,
1: most of the decoys this morning were in front of y'all. Yeah. And I was like, exhibit A, whatever you're talking about. No so, duck got out of there alive this
2: morning. No, we got them all. We, we, the so apparently
0: the decoys were one placed just right. Three well, three,
2: but he was saying. It was, but whatever came by, nothing left there alive. Yeah. But times are hard because we, <laughs> <but> he, we <laughs> saw about, you know, well, about eight to
1: ten ducks and we killed them. Right. That, that was it. No, so, but what almost sparked the argument was I said, I can't help it if the dead ducks are piling up on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I said, trust me, it has nothing
2: to do with the decoys. So I said, well, here's a newsflash. You know, I'm killing most of the ducks anyway. Well, so he's, he says he's that, that, that So the for our
1: viewers at said Hunting, size is shooting the equivalent of a pop gun. He's the only man in the blind if I was standing in the decoys. And I was to get shot, I would say I choose I, and I really don't think it would hurt me because it's just a pot because he doesn't want the recoil, right? So he's shooting a really lightweight twenty small gauge. Gun, and then you know, then he's claiming ducks at one hundred yards. Oh yeah, right, you
0: can't, yeah, because if that's...
1: you shoot simultaneously with someone else, it gives you the illusion that you killed it. Yeah, so. No matter what happens, especially the way side He basically just
2: gets up, boom, 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 sets a gun.
1: Well, he looks drum. at what's falling and <laughs> yeah. he says, "Because then everybody
0: said every time I pull the trigger, ducks fall." But you know, <laughs> well today <laughs> that doesn't necessarily make three it, man on your right. There's and a lot three on of there's a lot of gunfire going. Today,
1: on. the furthest duck that fell, he claimed, It was a wood duck. I yeah. didn't shoot it, but I saw multiple shots ring out. Yeah. Well, the rest of the morning, so I said, Yeah, that one I cut out there at about a hundred, yeah. which means a hundred. I didn't argue with him, but I'm the one that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's but funny? When he brought up, he well, said Jay he did, said, like- Jay said the same thing. Yeah, that he yeah. noticed. So Jay was, lo- I was going through my schedule this morning that I got from my lovely wife, and Jay noted, he's like, what, what, what? You made yourself a schedule? I was like, No, my wife made me a schedule. He's like, yeah, I mean, no. Well, one of them was our cousin getting married. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh no, I will be there." Because Missy said, "Yes, you you're going on this." And he, and Jay is like, "And we 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 know. I mean, she is the mom of the bride. It's just one of the most graceful yeah, also awesome. character women on the planet. And I was She's like, if one. you have that kind of character and that kind of joy, I was like, I'm going to your daughter's yeah. wedding. Who is the daughter? Lulu. It's Lulu's daughter. Yeah, the <laughs> Lulu's name? daughter. Yeah. And so look, here's Jay. What what would he, what did he say about that? He's like, well, I I'd plan on not going to that. And I said, why? He said, because if two people are dumb enough to get married in duck season, <laughs> I don't want to support that. <laughs> 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 what a mindset. So There's I some get weird thinkers. Right? So I spoke the truth in love. I said, you need to repent and be more like
0: Jesus, because that is terrible. The only time I've ever come close to that sort of thinking is when I was doing in, in 2019, the LSU's championship year, I was doing Johanna Godwin's wedding on the night of the LSU Alabama game. And I was like, you know, Johanna, I love you. I, I helped raise you, but you have put me to the test. I mean, and the and the wedding was scheduled right as the game is going on. So in the handful of people that did come were out there. I also, they're watching it on their phone, you know, and I'm trying, it's hard to do a wedding and you're trying to figure yeah. out what the score of the game. I mean, that was a big. That's when somebody during the process, in that
1: case, somebody should have said, <laughs> you know what? We love you and we're supporting your marriage, but how about? <laughs> Let's move it two hours.
0: <laughs> Let's move one way
1: or the so, other. You know, well, yeah, or two hours. I mean, I move it I'm two hours. I'm just
2: you know. But I guess it goes goes with the territory but as your children, then your grandchildren, then your great grandchildren mm-hmm. come coming along. What happens is the birthday schedule begins to start filling up quite a few calendar days. Right. You know. I mean, it, it's well. A, it's the between same between the birthday parties and then the Christmas and
0: New Year. I mean. Uh, I mean it's something it was the same problem. Marriages. Well, it's the same problem we had last year, Dad, on the uh on the Christmas. Is we kind of mom has always ordered the seafood stuff. Well, last year, and then we had a couple of years where we had, you know, we were for whatever reason we were in town, but we, we were back at your house last year, and you don't realize how big our family is. now. Woo. I mean, with all the extra people that are married in now, and so we you're frying shrimp. I mean, we're having our normal thing. And I look up, and there's people still coming in. I'm looking at the pile of shrimp just going down. I was like, "This we ain't gonna cover it. This the whoever's in last is gonna get what the little boy shot at, which is yeah, what Granny yeah. said." So the last three or four, Jay and was deer hunting or something. He came <coughs> in. I said, "Well, we got a little sausage over I here." I
2: remember that because I we we you know I have uh,
0: about six
2: pounds of ball shrimp coming that will be. There and about ten pounds of, of fried shrimp, and to then, then I, I hope
0: that makes it. But that's a lot of shrimp. <laughs> well,
1: sixteen pounds, sixteen of pounds shrimp. of shrimp. That's a lot of shrimp. It's a lot of shrimp. A, lot of shrimp.
0: a lot of shrimp. But I'm telling you, like, and these newest Willie's additions into his family, this Christian and Jacob, the one who married to Sadie and Bella. You talk about eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and Christian, I, I, I mean, he looks like his body looks like a Greek god. You know, mm-hmm. like Achilles or somebody, like but that man can put away some food. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he they're, they're big eaters. So I told Willie, I said, Willie, you're going to have to start contributing and bringing like a big dish just because of your... Well, Phil calls him a gullion, man. <laughs> a yeah. slum gullion. Yeah. A gullion. Just throw everything in the pot <laughs> and cook it for a couple hours and shovel it out. Well, at least it shamed him. We had a group text going about the it's food It's not a gullion, it's a slum gullion.
1: <laughs> What's the difference in a gullion and a slum? slum
0: gullion
2: slum. Just think about it. <laughs> It'll come to you. <laughs> the slum gullion you know, is when you look at it, you say, what
0: the world is that? Yeah, so you just you, got, you go you just got land blasted on that one.
1: I mean, it's still not registering. I've never heard well, that term. While
0: you're looking well, that um, up, let's take a break. Well, actually... Right, there is it. a
1: slum-gullion stew.
2: That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> I'm put, Jace, you well, gotta, this you, is, you know...
2: The, you the, need to widen your... your service, the you know, podcast. I know you're into the internet and all that stuff.
1: I'm not but. into it. It's just... Okay. Uh, it's a noun. The podcast has turned
0: into a vocabulary lesson <laughs> for style Style. All is.
1: right. It's a stew of meat, vegetables, potatoes, etc. Yeah. Well, that's a... Poor
0: definition. <laughs> well, the et cetera, et cetera is the slum part of the gullion, I think. A, you are correct.
1: A beverage made weak or thin as watery tea, coffee, or the like. So I guess it's a combination of that. You know, these people no, are right, nothing, right nothing about coffee. Yeah. That was number two. That's an alternate. So I guess you could order a drink. The people
2: now. get now, they get they get their drinks, and, you know, if you look at what's in them, you're like, whoa. <laughs> that's just It's right. a am gullion. You, you don't know what's in there.
0: That's right. Which that's a, the idea is, but Willie's always been like that. Willie is, yep. he'll take something, and it's perfect, and he'll say, this is the best thing I ever ate. But then when he cooks it, he's got to add. That's right. He cannot do it without adding his own signature. That's correct. So I'll start eating something. I was like, "Man, Willie, this is great," but what is all this? And he said, "Well, I thought this would. I thought I'd add this." And he just keeps adding. And I mean, it's yep. yeah, yeah. Here is the key part of the definition. It's, it's usually cut. made.
1: It's, it's usually made from whatever is on hand.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nah, <laughs> I don't good. like how
1: this is. I don't like the direction. That
2: means rummaging through the refrigerator. <laughs> To get, you know, a little more stuff out of it. I would
1: love to it. say, you know, it's time to eat this. I mean, it's been in here a while.
0: That's right. We would go to a church function and somebody would tell Dad, you because know, we were always really finicky and funny about it, but they'd tell Dad, say, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff in my fridge. It was about to go bad, so I put it all together in a big mm-hmm. casserole. I want you to try it, Mr. Phil. Why people like, do that? I said, <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll get right on that.
0: <laughs> Miss Kay, why don't you get over there and try that? Yeah, that's pretty funny, but yeah. So, food obviously is a big part of the the holiday tradition with the Robertson's, especially this particular Jesus week. Jesus
1: and food, how can you go wrong?
0: So, speaking of the wedding, um, I'm I'm doing the stepping in. The guy that was originally supposed to do the wedding can't. Oh, it's so you're doing So, it. I am the I was the backup. I, Lisa and I have been doing uh, Claire and Grant's premarital. You know, it's interesting, Jace, because we did premarital counseling with couples for years. And so now I don't really do it anymore. We're on the road, but like for family, you know. So when Grant and Julie got married last year, our nephew, we did theirs. But so the last two I've done have been done via Zoom. Seriously? Yeah, because they they live in other places. Like because Claire lives one place, Grant lives another place, and we were in Alabama. But we were. So
1: this one that's coming up is going to be
0: Zoom. No, the oh, the premarital was. Oh, premarital. Oh, okay. Zoom. Oh, but, pre-marital. I, I thought you were talking. About- the but it's just weird, you know. It's weird because it shows you with technology. But it was great because it—you don't lose. You think in a way you'd lose something by doing it that way, but no, you really don't. Yeah. I mean, it's a full conversation. You get to know the couple.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're ever going back to not having meetings via the right Zoom or on the internet. I well, mean, actually, it's it's a blessing
0: for Dad because his book is releasing in February. But I don't think they're ever going back to like everybody flies to New York. You know, like used to when you do a book thing. I mean, it's a week of just go, getting after. You know,
1: I did a few weeks of youth events all on Zoom. It's right. just all the little squares, like Hollywood squares, but just a much bigger square. And you were just preaching at the computer. And they're all muted somehow. I mean, I don't know how all the practical ways it work. And I talk. Then after it's over, they kind of open the right. floodgates, and it's but it. That's pretty fun.
0: So for me this week, I mean, I'm I'm a volunteer. I'm a lay minister now. I don't get paid, but man, you talk about feel like a full time job. So I had yeah. three three sermons this week, three podcasts, and now a wedding, mm. and, and they're mixed in there too. That's a week. That's good. It's noble of you to. Yeah, well, it's just it's what I do. So so this last Sunday, I preached on. Um, this section of text that we're in, so I thought I would just I try it out on y'all and see what you thought. And you're you're a brave person because we're going to tell you <laughs> what we think. <laughs> That's right. I'm not afraid, Jace. So I called I mm-hmm. call this text the King's Betrayal. We kind of in, in White Road we kind of had a King theme throughout the Book of Matthew because there, there's so much about his approach about and Jesus the and the Kingdom. Right. Yeah,
1: we've had several podcasts about the Kingdom is at hand. The Kingdom is near. Right. This we, is fixed to happen. Next right. time I see you, kingdom time. Kingdom time.
0: So yeah. in Matthew, more than any of the other gospels, he really stressed it more, wouldn't you say? I mean, the whole idea about the lineage and the king.
1: Which we keep going back to Daniel two forty four 44 and seven fourteen, but those are powerful things for our faith that Daniel, via the Holy Spirit and through dreams, he was making these predictions about the coming kingdom, and they came true. Right. It just didn't look like what all humans, pretty much all humans, felt like it should look like. Right. Man. I mean, we, they, everybody here in the context was thinking, well, when are we going to start whooping Rome, and when are we going to shut down all these other kingdoms? And But God, in his wisdom through his spirit being poured out, showed you that the most powerful force on earth would be the Holy Spirit of God. When you start looking at the qualities of God and you have that spirit in your inner being, you just think about how powerful that makes you. You can't be held responsible for your mistakes because God forgave you in Jesus. Even if you were locked up under man's law and broke a law... Right, and you can't be killed in a way that you won't return, because of the spirit—the Romans eight eleven, same spirit that that rose Christ from the dead is living in you. Right, it will give life to your mortal being. I mean, just think about that. That—that that was His plan. Because a lot of people like, "Well, what exactly is the kingdom?" Yes, it's where God reigns, but it's also what makes it the greatest kingdom ever is we have a spirit of the Almighty God in us. Right, exactly. So That's a
2: pretty good point Peter makes. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, speaking of the Spirit, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God, you know, boy, you're talking about a, a statement. Well, you're given you're given seed, the Holy Spirit that's immortal,
0: right? And by the way, that was written down by the man who denied Jesus three not three times. That, that's correct on the night of his death. So, what what struck me, Jace, about this section of of Scripture when I was preparing for it was how Jesus had been a part of not only his little community of disciples and people he'd been teaching but he also has close friends he's been going back and forth to bethany in during this week that's where mary and martha and lazarus you know live and so you know he went he was anointed then they had the lord's supper so he's preparing himself for what's about to happen but when he gets to the garden what struck me about what happens in this next night until he they crucified is how how alone he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was—it's almost foreboding. It's so alone, and and you know, it starts in the garden, but even with the father, there's almost like a distance there because he's like, "I'm going to have to go through this," and so I just feel like looking back when you realize what Jesus did, and he basically did it completely by himself. I mean, because the disciples desert him here in this next minute. Oh yeah, everybody's gone. So no support
1: system. That's why, you know, Paul said in Romans, you know, when he was talking about the fall of man, when it says he used that quote from the Old Testament where it says there's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. And a lot of people read that in Romans 3, and they're like, man, that's so depressing. But at some point in all humans' lives, once we we become an adult, we all go through. The, I mean, we all basically leave Jesus stranded. Yeah. It, it, we, we just... We oh, come yeah. up with our own narrative of life and this is my life and nobody's gonna tell me what to do or however that comes out. That it that's why when you know you're you're making that point, it, it truly is he was the only one at the time who who got it. I mean he was yeah. like, this will work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's but what everybody else is like, there's no way this is gonna and work. There's and
2: almost it was against
0: all odds. That's right. So let's take another break. So so my point was, and this you could put this for anything, the the path to the right place, which is what Jesus is doing. He he's been saying all along, I know what I gotta do, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna be raised. So the closer he gets to the end of this, where we're going, the lonelier it gets. And I thought, well, that's the way it is with everybody. You think about it, when you're when you're asked to do the right thing. Usually, a lot of people aren't lining up to do it with you. I mean, there's usually people I mean, working against you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm one of the few people, I guess, in our in our circle, that I came to Jesus at a very young age, and, and was serious about it. And the number one memory I have of high school, it's not where I went to school, what I did, my extracurricular uh, things I got into, or sports, or wasn't friends. Number one thing stood out loneliness. Yep. Because yep. You, you can't, I didn't play the game. It just, once they backed me into a corner of like, either come, you know, be a hellbreaker like us. I just now, I wasn't perfect, and I made mistakes, but I just didn't run. and you just you get cold, yeah. <laughs> not not like a oh we're you know we're not hanging around you. You just look up. Your friends, friends. Up. desert you. you. That's you, right. You're just lonely. I mean, it
0: was it was two or three years of just very few friends because we because were you going. were because you were committed to doing the right thing, which is yeah. that's a great little strategy. I didn't even think about you, which by the way. I talked to Blake Sunday, who's the first guy that you led to Christ. Yeah. So he's still around. I did his wedding thirty yeah, look, years ago this February. Yeah. You
2: know, you, well, you mentioned this last week. We talked about there's wasn't much written about uh, the boyhood of Jesus, but over here he's talking to Ahaz, whoever that is. Somebody smarter than me will have to know it. But he's talking to him in Isaiah seven. He said, "Therefore the Lord Himself." will give you a a sign, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, he will eat curds, listen to this, he will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Mm. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong, and she was the right. The land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. So so he he mentions his boyhood. Right. In other words, as soon as it came time, I guess, for your conscience to develop and develop to a young boy. Mm-hmm. From that time on, I mean, he, well,
1: I, you know, yeah, it's Isaiah says,
2: I mean, he, he got lined out,
1: sure enough. Oh, yeah. no, no, it's interesting you brought up Blake. I mean, he was one of the things that got his attention was I asked him to be at my wedding. And we had gone two different directions. Yeah. I mean, in our life. And he was he was when I asked him to be a part of the wedding, he was like, Well, why? <laughs> I was like, Well, just cause we've gone in two different directions, because he was, I mean, just yeah. running wild, I was like, It doesn't mean you still weren't one of my best friends and are. Yeah. I mean, we just we went two different I want you to celebrate this with me, you know? Well, that that week. Getting ready for my wedding because I've gone on record many times. I was you know, my my wife, I'd already told her, next time I see you, we'll be at the altar. So, I mean, <laughs> I literally went three months without seeing her. I can't so, keep my hands off of her. So, so, I'm like, I'll just meet you. You this. took the, we're not going to see you the day of your wedding yeah, I into just, the
0: quarter before the yeah, wedding. I yeah, just I just, like, you.
1: you know what? If you change your mind, let me know. But <laughs> other than that, I'll be there. <laughs> That's a bold move, Jay. actually, my <laughs> first thought when she, you know, everybody stands up, yeah. you know, I was like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Oh no, it's just this is customary." It's all good. She comes in, everybody rises up, and I'm like. Man, my first thought was, I have not seen her in forever.
0: <laughs> she Here was, she comes. Yeah,
1: but uh, that week turned into me and him just having spiritual conversation after spiritual conversation, and, and I mean that that was like the pivotal moment for him. You well, you're gonna know? love what he so, told me,
0: Sonny. So he said, "You remember 28 years ago we studied with," and he said two guys. Yeah, and I was like. No, Blake. I don't. Bear. I said we studied a lot of people back in those days. He said, "Well, I just want to let you know it's working on them." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" Yeah. And he said, "Yeah." And he told me about this guy. He said they never really came around. He said, "But this guy's doing a prayer thing." And he said, "You know," he said, "the gospel never comes back void." And I just thought, "Man, listen. Th- I mean, that's that's the ultimate, right? It's the guy that but got it." It's a yeah. great
1: analogy though, because he just he goes. You go back to wherever you were, and. You know, we had a lot of good times together and all, but we just reached that point to where it just wasn't going to work with, I mean, what are we going to talk about? You know, how hammered you got the night before? And it it just, so we just kind of drifted apart because of that, because I just didn't want to be a part of it. And uh, I was trying to survive. But there is a loneliness in there. And look, then then he had the same loneliness, because all this stuff you thought, I remember the first conversation we had. All these things he wanted to do in a sinful way, you know, be with this certain girl and (laughs) run with these certain, you know, people, be successful, make money, and all that. It all of a sudden he's like, "I feel just alone." I mean, you go out there and you do it, you think, "Well, that was that that did nothing but just cause misery and and heartache." So that's why I'm saying it's so strange that. You, you you think you're gonna you're having fun and this is going to be great and then when you look at it you have a lot more sympathy and a good good sympathy for what Jesus did that he wasn't just hollered at everybody saying look'm I'm, I'm or trying to convince you. Right. he just it's why that powerful verse in this process is that he wasn't he didn't open his mouth in a way to say let me explain this to y'all and I mean he answered the questions went through the interrogations, Took the beatings, right? Spitting the the whole thing, because it was it was the plan, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's so. I mean, that really. So what got me into the lesson? I just watched uh, Braveheart a few, maybe two weeks ago. I hadn't seen it a long time. It was on, so I sat down and watched the whole thing, and I got thinking about movies. I was like, because we talk a lot about movies on there. I thought, you know, like most of the movies in my top ten, Mel Gibson either directed them or was in them. And I thought, man, I, I guess he's like the filmmaker. We talk a lot about Eastwood. But when I was watching uh, Braveheart again, I realized how much he was preparing for the passion, which he would make 10 years later. Braveheart was made in 95. Of course, it's the story of William Wallace. You know, it was this great Scotsman that that had ro- rose up, you know, for freedom way back in the old days under oh, what were they call him, long shanks, you yeah. know. And so, but I, I noticed at the end, it was a lot like the story of Jesus because he gets betrayed by this guy that was kind of the only true Scott royal. And he was trying to get him. He's like, look, we can do this. You can lead. And so he winds up stabbing him in the back, you know, literally. And so that the whole thing just falls flat and he winds up dying. And of course it's that last scene, you know, they're just disemboweling him in front of all these people trying to make an example out of it. And his last word he yells out, at least in the movie, was freedom. You know, and it was like, and so I I thought, you know, Gibson was painting this picture that he was this guy, this great figure who gave up everything for the freedom of other people. And yet in the end, he was alone. Totally. No none of his people were with him. There was a couple of guys yep. there in the crowd looking. The 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 his the woman wasn't with him, totally alone. It's a lot like Jesus' story. Yep. But Well, the, they had
1: killed his wife.
0: I mean, that's right. what started. Well, the and that thing. was my point. So my point yep. was William Wallace was motivated to free people because of revenge. Because they had taken his wife
1: away. Well, that was just injustice. They were Exactly. Just, there was no freedom
0: when well, they'd set it up where the these nobles would sleep with your wife oh yeah before well, you got but there. look hey
1: modern day you know you talk about oppression if if some official government official knocked on my door and said okay we're you know we're now going to sleep with your wife right well i'm fixing to go william wallace on you. i mean we're <laughs> we're, right. we're fixed to have a scrap
0: yeah <laughs> that's right right now let's take another break <laughs> So, so look, Jace, here's the, see how we think of light. There's the next point of my, the lonely path against injustice. Because that's yeah. exactly what happened in William Wallace's case. But then in Jesus's case, what makes it so much more bold is he's not motivated by revenge. He's no. not motivated by no. the injustice. And
1: how could you have any more injustice in what happened to him? Perfect.
0: I mean, I mean
1: whether you're a believer or not, he constantly said, can any of you prove me guilty of sin, which no other human past the past puberty can say. Cause somebody right.
0: could say, yeah, cause all have sinned. Right. But even, even think about the moment when it happened. So in, in chapter 26, before you read that, I remember somebody
1: said, well, how, how do you say everybody, how can you prove? I was in a Bible study one time. They said, how can you prove that everybody has sinned? Cause I was making this similar point. Yeah. I was like, I don't have to prove it. It's true. <laughs> just look around. Well, but I mean, it was like that; they, they were just arguing for the sake of argumentation. But just think yeah. about So a lot of times you read something in the Bible, and you're like, we only believe that because it's written, which is <laughs> true in my case because I'm a believer. But it's actually true. Right. <laughs> it is true. And, and people are uncomfortable with that because they're like, well, how did all these writers... Get that right. I mean, you can be the most wacko believing person on the planet, but when you start looking at your life, right? No, there's flaws. It it's just, and they had it down here, and they figured it out. Was it just by luck, chance, or is it the truth?
0: So, so this last opportunity to do it the other way, as we talked about last podcast, Judas had his his mind how it was supposed to be done. In verse fifty. Course, Judas kisses him. We talked about that last time, and, and Jesus says, Friend, do what you came for. And so he's betrayed him. Then the men step forward, seize Jesus, and arrested him. So now, now we're going. This is the process. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Now we know from John 18 that was Peter. Once more, impetuous past mm-hmm. Peter. He's the one that had the sword. He cuts, so he takes a swing at this guy, and I guess the guy turns his head and he just sliced his ear off. I feel like there's more to this story than written, but, I mean, I'm
1: taking what's written, but I just, you know, how do you cut a guy's ear off and that's it?
0: <laughs> I mean, it just. Well, it was one swing. I don't yeah. know if this guy had just got in the way. He just You're like, talking about the wrong place at the wrong time, but I thought about it. So, But, but Jesus put the ear back on. Well, that's, that's the point. When you and, know it's not a rebellion, when you stop and put the guy's ear back on, and you also know that if you can do that, you probably should listen to what this guy says. You probably can't kill a guy who can, can put, put an your ear back ear on.
1: on. That's what I'd be thinking. Ooh, Ooh maybe wait. we shouldn't. Did take he really
0: it. cut it? I could have sworn I thought he he had no ear. That's what the they said. Got That's what they said. It must not have been all the way cut off. I mean, can you think of all the things that people? You know, i cut my about. ear before. I
1: mean, I accidentally one time. I was hung up in a bush and I flicked a spinnerbait and Cy si was in a boat with me and it hit his ear. But he thought it was a bug. So he just reached and grabbed it out, but it, the hook was in his <laughs> ear. So he just ripped half his ear off <laughs> and didn't even acknowledge it, kept fishing. And I'm telling you, in about I'd say thirty seconds, his white T shirt was half red. Yeah. It was just blood soaked. <laughs> I was like, of your ear, mind your ear," and he's like, "Good, not that thing bit me." (laughs) (laughs) I thought, should I tell him that (laughs) I did that? You were making
2: some wild casts.
1: Yeah, but he never figured out that the spinnerbait hit him in the ear. He ripped it off. He thought he had been attacked.
2: Well, if you're looking down at half your shirt is blood, that's a, that would be some kind of pretty good sized varmint.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, we that were, thing
0: bit me. Is that well, little- we were
1: catching fish? I'm only saying that story because I think things happen and pe- from people's perspective, and because it just seems like such a crazy place here, right he cuts his ear off, he puts it back on, but then we proceed. And to, look, think to, about this the arrest.
0: This guy was a servant of the high priest. And he, in, in a few minutes in the story, he's about to be in front of the high priest. And I said I said, Sunday, you know, the him putting Malchus's ear back on didn't do anything to help him with the high priest. No. But I bet old Malchus appreciated it. And I well, said, you, you know, gotta, maybe Yeah, you gotta
1: think he probably became a believer. That's
0: what I said. I said maybe Jesus thought one day he'll need that good ear to hear the gospel. Yeah, You know, true. which is probably he true. He probably
2: was wondering about it. How do you do that? Well, Jesus said many times, he who
1: has oh, ears, he'll run up, I tell you. Let, <laughs> let him hear.
0: I guarantee you, Marcus was changed. But think, that that's moment. an
1: interesting thing he said many times about, yeah. if you have ears, right. let him hear. And then Peter cuts the ear I mean, off. It's almost yeah. sarcasm or humor that he's like, I gave you ears, <laughs> but you no listen. <laughs>
0: you know? You're not listening. What's the old saying? He gave you two ears and one mouth, and yet people usually go the other way. Yep, they talk yeah. twice as much as they listen. Well, yeah. we were we were debating about that today because they were making it.
1: Somebody said that when your wife gets older, she talks more, and I was, and then somebody else observed. This is what we talk about on the duck blind, and it was like, well, maybe that's why you lose your hearing <laughs> when you get old. It <laughs> seems to all be. <laughs> <laughs> To have a good relationship at <laughs> yeah. the
0: end, you're going deaf, and she's talking all the time. Yeah, that way you don't, you're not arguing all day <laughs> and every day
1: because she's talking more. I've never actually and, thought about it. You can't hear.
0: And, it's all bad. Because I,
1: Phil, the last because she does not lose her hearing. Well,
0: the last the women here fine. Oh yeah,
1: but Phil, I mean, I don't mean to get into your personal business, but the last <laughs> three or four times I've been out at your house, kay has been talking to you, and you've been staring. <laughs> And it's like you weren't listening, and I thought I'm not sure he can hear her. I was but, hearing it,
2: but <laughs> but I've 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 got in a zone to where it's not going to affect me. But
1: it and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt her, it he doesn't had, hurt her feel. It. Y'all are fine
2: with that arrangement. No, she kissed me about it. You know, she's you know not even listening what I'm saying. So
0: in other words, he has ears, but he's not here. That's why Jesus said
1: it. I now got the point. That's why he's it. like, if you got them up there, I want you to go ahead and use them. And yep. <laughs>
0: don't don't you do that to me. So don't do that to Jesus. So, let's take our last break. So so the point is, he tells him in verse 52, he tells Peter, put your sword back. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And again, from my mindset, I was making this comparison between, I just watched this movie Braveheart, which was all about the sword, but, yeah. but at the ultimate end, what, what do you get? You know, you're not going to get what
1: you. Which is probably why Judas didn't like how Jesus was, because it wasn't about the sword. That's right. I mean, you you got to think that you you get a central theme in here. They kept waiting for this physical assault. Even when we get to Acts one, are you now going to restore the kingdom? Right. I mean. When are we going to fight? That's right,
0: which was the thing. So I made the point in my sermon that Peter thought he was in Braveheart, but he was really in the Passion of the Christ. He he forgot his role here. And so he tells him, he says, Do you not think that I cannot call on my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Do you remember what happened when one angel of the Lord Went through Egypt one night. I mean, every firstborn died. Can you imagine what would happen if legions of angels showed up? I really I'm, wish I'd have heard this lesson now. I mean,
1: because I didn't go hear your lesson on purpose. Because I, <laughs> well, because I knew we were going to so talk. You purposely, about it. St- well, I didn't want to detain. it. I didn't want to sit there and criticize them. <laughs> so, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. But we're thinking just alike. Cause I've said that before too. You know that song that they uh, that old song is like he
0: could have called yeah, 10,000 angels. You remember Mason Smith used to always lead it, the big and old it, guy.
1: Yeah, and he he sang it angrily. Oh yeah, like he could have called <laughs> ten thousand. And I I I always thought as a kid or you know as a was not a kid when I heard it but a teenager or whatever I thought, well he only needed one. What's this ten thousand? You know. Yeah. I mean one angel against as many humans as you want to form. I, I think the angel, because they, they're they not bound by the same laws of gravity and nature as we are. It would be
0: pretty destructive. And every picture we get of an angel in the Bible, not, not what you get from Hollywood, but from the Bible, these were terrifying beings. I yep. mean, most people fell out like they were dead when they saw one. I mean, mortified, terrified. Yep. So he makes the point, you put away the swords, boys. I mean, yeah. I came here to fulfill Scripture. And again, my point is, I keep coming back to it, he knew that what was going to happen, and yet they were continually trying to change and alter what he came here to do. Yep. And he kept saying, I came to fulfill, I came to fulfill. So you had the lonely road that was right. You had the lonely... Then ahead of the Lonely Road Against Injustice, which actually then takes us to the next section, which is in 57, when he winds up in front of the Sanhedrin and the chief priest. They've come up with a complete kangaroo court because they can't. The problem is they can't kill him legally because they're not really in charge. The Romans are in charge now, which makes perfect sense because you think about it. If you had an occupying force. But you had a religious sect that could decide to kill people. What if they decide to kill you? Yeah, it's no different than
1: what happens today. That's right. When when you are opposed to someone, they basically just try to whip up the crowd
0: against you. Right. When you can't win the debate of ideas, that was the point I made. Sunday wrote a book about it. That's right. When you can't win the debate of ideas, you got two choices. One is you can change your mind because you can't win the debate. So you change this, or you can form a mob and try to shut up attack the, and attack the, the person. Other jesus
2: person. was under the council
0: culture's wrath that's right the entire time he was <laughs> there exactly nothing has changed nothing and I made the point Sunday dad that the, his cancel culture was much more dangerous than our cancel Very culture. Very much so. I mean, you know, well,
1: yeah, their ultimate way to shut you up is, pretty, is to
0: kill you. We're getting pretty dangerous. We're getting, we're getting there. It's getting there. There's no doubt about it. Yep. And, and I couldn't believe the I'll parallels. I'll that out in the book. I couldn't believe the parallels there because you, you're watching these courts and you'll see a court now, you watch a case on TV, you're watching it. You're just like, this truth is so plain. How are these people missing it? But that's they missed him too. And so they came up with all these lies. And finally, the moment of truth, if you want to call it that, comes to the point where he says, um, He says, I charge. Think about this. He's telling Jesus. This is verse 63. Jesus remained silent through all the fake news. Then the high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. And I thought about that statement. He's talking to the living God. But he tells him, He said, Tell me if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And then Jesus says, yes, it is as you say. But I'll say to all of you, and this is the double down, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven, which takes us back to Matthew 24. What he said was, you're right. Not only am I the Messiah, but you ain't seen nothing yet.
1: Well, he was kind of sublimely
0: saying, you just think you're in charge. That's exactly right. (laughs) Judgment is coming. Yep. And that was his point. Of course, yeah, look at the response. And,
2: I mean, did
0: it ever come? Oh my well, goodness. And w- we talked moment, about that over a million people died. He,
1: he was introducing a new definition of the word power. <laughs> That's right. <Yep. laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <what> <laughs> you, what you think it about all these officials, you know, it, it, and look at our world. It's all about who's in control That's and right. politically and who has the power and who has the biggest gun and the biggest mm-hmm. stick or yeah. whatever. And we're talking about a power here. That can levitate and evaporate only to come back and right. come on clouds and you don't need a plane. No. And to, I mean, we're we're this <laughs> this is laughable.
0: Yep. So I'll read this last part because we don't have much time. In verse 65, the high priest, when he hears this, he tears his clothes, which was a custom there mean to I don't agree with anything you're saying, and he said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you've heard the blasphemy, what do you think? And they said, the people, which again, Jay's back to politicians, they already made his, he already made his mind up, but he asked the people like they're going to say, what if they had said, you know, release him. Mm-hmm. He is worthy of death," they answered. And you're like this, Jays. I, I, I said, you know what made me think of it? Legally, that was not true because he had done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said he came to die. So he was worthy of anything that he said he was going to do, and I thought about Revelation five when they were saying, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, worthy of praise, worthy of honor, worthy of glory." All those things. I thought he is worthy, but not because of you and your and, in your injustice. That's right, but because of him. So look, look at their response. They spit in his face, which is the most vile, disgusting thing. It, One of us were to spit in each other's face. We're all family. We love each other. We'd be fighting mad. Well,
1: that's still today. That's
0: what I'm saying. That's the worst thing. They spit in his face. They struck him with their fist. They slapped him, and then they mocked him, and they said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Yeah, making fun of it. Oh, yeah. It was just such a demeaning, terrible thing. But, you know, the whole point is this whole lonely path he took, and then later, of course, we'll talk about next time he's before Pilate, But it's the same thing. It's people who think they have power that really have no power.
1: And the biggest thing he had to overcome, you know, emotionally, I guess, as even as being a human in this moment, was then all his friends, all his friends leaving. Right.
0: That's it. Nobody left, but him. Yeah. And he does the right thing, which is very powerful. So anyway, that's which was was the thought I had
1: when I came to Christ, and my friends left. Well. And, you know i felt sorry for myself after a few months and then you the more you spend time with jesus you realize you know true power is on my side i mean you stick this out good things come your way that are indescribable compared to the earthly things you can achieve and I mean you look what he did it changed the world. It gave us a vision of God. I mean that's how we came to know our creator. Right. I mean what a what a plan. I mean it was so awesome that nobody even noticed. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they like, you just think about it. The son of God came to
0: earth and nobody noticed. Till he came back. <laughs> <from> the- <That's laughs> exactly. He did it totally alone. Yeah. So next time we'll pick up uh when the Romans are going to take over and it's going to be the very end, or they think they're taking over. And we'll talk about the crucifixion, but then we get to the best part, and that's the resurrection. Well, this
1: is a good way to start the new
0: year. It's an awesome way to start the new year. Very good way. That's exactly right. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.